and welcome back to another episode of What the Fuck is This Book? A.K.A. the um, bonus book series of the Body, the Blood, the Michelada podcast. I'm the Blood, A.K.A. Sophie Hadamio. I'm the Michelada, A.K.A. Natalie Cowan. And this week we are still reading Twilight. Chapters uh, 6 through 12 this time. And yeah. oh my god. Why? I mean, uh, like, I know why. I know why. But... like, a lot first, to unpack. <laughs> at first, like, the first six chapters, I was still like, you know, Edward isn't that bad. He's just weird. Bella, I already dislike. But like, but it, okay, it's weird because he doesn't I remember even become... him being worse, you know? Yes, but also, like, He's fine all the way to like chapter nine or ten, and then all of a sudden you're just like, "Oh, this is what I was remembering as being the thing that would trigger me." I'm like, "Oh, you go immediately, like zero to a hundred. There's not even any like grooming in this situation." (laughs) You would think there would be, but there isn't. It's just like, "Oh, I already know. This is especially because she's like." I'm Bella. I'm so (laughs) ind. She's like, "I'm so independent. I take care of everything." I can smell no, bullshit from not. a mile away. And it's like, Bella, are you kidding? Exactly. But yeah, no, it's it's bad. Also, like, I get that she's accident prone. And basically Stephanie Meyer has made that like a personality trait for her for her, but like where does it end? I it's almost cartoonish the amount of injury like how is she alive and doesn't have any broken bones like she should be in a body cast pretty much the entire time yeah um that brings me to something i want to retract from what i said last week um we were under the assumption that renee was also from forks washington and we were like why the fuck did she disappear apparently she is not i uh wikied her and um she actually has like a full-on kind of backstory oh yeah um tell it's it's kind of interesting for us considering where we live so uh she was born renee higginbotham which Ew. is a terrible name. <laughs> no wonder she was like, I will literally take any other man's name. Yes. Anyone um, who needs it. And so, and, you know, she be- later becomes Renee Swan when she marries Charlie. And then when she marries her new husband, Phil, she becomes Renee Dwyer, which, you know, definitely an upgrade. Both of those are an upgrade from the last name Higginbotham. Like, what the yeah. fuck? She was born in 1968, which is um, the year my father was born. My mom was born a few months prior in 1967. Oh. So, like, she's my parents' age. So, yeah, she had Bella fucking young. And um, she was actually born in Downey, California. Although I have seen in other places that it's listed as Phoenix, Arizona, but... Um, more of her backstory backs up the fact that she was raised in California. So I'm going to go with Downey, California. Okay, and, fair. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting in the sense that my f- 
father, who would be the same age, grew up in Downey, California as well. He went to Downey High School, and if, you know, this fake character was real, would more than likely probably have ran into my father at some point. So, like, um, that just means I'm Isabella Swan in real life. Also, sure. Um, That's he, now what that lives means. The, he, he now lives in the Pacific Northwest, too, so... Weird. Not that weird. I mean, you fake characters. And a lot of people from here move there now, so... Yeah, I think it's, like, a big... Like, a lot of people are moving right now. Especially if you're, like, white passing. It's, like, the place Oh, yeah, to be. for sure. It's, like, a great place to go because, you know, they hate white people... Or they hate brown people. You are, like, I'm not that brown. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of this info is, was collected via fans' personal correspondence with Stephanie Meyer, so it's, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. And, um, so Renee was the daughter of divorced parents. Her mother was described as bitter and difficult, but also hardworking and loyal. And apparently they had a rough relationship, but, like, you know, she lived her entire life with her mother instead of her dad. But, you know, I, I think mothers and daughters, they just butt heads. Um, Renee was described as fun-loving, creative, but flighty, which will be important later. After high school, she moved out of her mother's home and in with a friend. And uh, to support, you know, herself and pay rent, she would do small jobs here and there to make ends meet. Typically waitressing gigs because, um, you know... If you were nice enough, you get tipped a lot. I never understood um, when they would say, like, oh, we made small, like, we just had, like, jobs from job to job. Like, you, s- I have never been able to do that. I don't understand yeah. how other people do it, you know? I think we just, you know, we crave stability and that we don't like shit that doesn't seem like a for sure thing. Like, we're going to be consistently paid this amount. That's fair. We, we, I mean, I guess we're, we're safe in that sense. Yeah. Like, anytime I, anytime I see people that are, like, going backpacking and they tell you about it, they're like, oh, yeah, I just picked up odd jobs here and there. And I'm like, how? How do you yeah. do that? Like, those people who just, like, spend a year in Europe doing whatever. Yes. I'm like, how did you do that? And you weren't and I mean, murdered? I've seen, like, their guidelines of, like, this is how you get jobs. Usually you could get jobs through, um... What are they called? Hostels? Uh-huh. And they'll, like, they'll let you stay for free. And I'm like, I feel like every time I've looked up a hostel, that's never the case. So Yeah, I've never that? seen that. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, speaking of backpacking, um, shortly after, you know, she moved out of her mother's home and she was living on her own, she decided to go with friends on a month-long backpacking trip to the Pacific Northwest and basically left without a plan. Under the assumption her roommate would have probably rented the space to someone else by the time she got back. So, like, she had no plan. She was just like, this seems fun, but, like, I'm probably not going to have a house, but whatever. It's cool. And on this fateful trip, this is where she meets the one, the only, Charlie Swan. And uh, the attraction was instant because of how different he was from her exes. Because you mean reliable, was, yeah, he was serious, <laughs> responsible, but he was funny and kind. 
and he left a big enough impression that she promised to come back once her friend's trip was over. I mean, I guess she was in deep, or she was just like, you know, I have no nowhere to go after this. This guy might be my ticket. So she, <laughs> Renee might be an opportunist there. I mean, who isn't? Mm-hmm. But also, like, he seems like a legit dude, so. It just, uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> sorry, because this story that you're telling reminds me kind of of Mamma Mia, the play. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking of the song at the end where she's like, if you change your mind. I'll be first in line. <laughs> I am Jesus. Still free. Like, but that's Charlie singing instead. Mm-hmm. Take a chance on me. Imagine if they reimagined Mamma Mia the musical as like a, a weird crossover with Twilight. It would be terrible. <laughs> but I'd be, be down because of the music. I would um, for sure go for the music. <laughs> yes. But it'd be like a bunch of Muse songs. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I don't know <laughs> if I'd want that. Because most Muse songs are about, like, the end of the world coming and shit. Isn't that what Twilight is? I guess so. I'm, I don't know. It's a lot of build-up for nothing, to be honest. Yes. Um. So when she, like, her, her trip was over, she returned to be with Charlie because she legit had nothing else going on. And they had a whirlwind romance, and he proposed pretty quickly. By the time she was 19, yes, all of this happened within two years. She was already pregnant with Bella, and by now she was already getting tired of Forks, Washington, because, like, it was a really sad place, it was always raining, it was always the same humdrum kind of thing. And, um, well, she was still working as a waitress while she was, you know, the new Mrs. Swan. And she she liked that every now and again there were new people that ca- came in, but she was craving more because I think she might be uh, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, she that, needs to be where the people are. Yes, exactly. And once Bella was born, that's when she kept insisting that the family should leave Forks for Bella's sake because, like, you can't raise a baby in a really depressing place like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... How is she going like to grow up to be happy? The vibe like was off, you know? Exactly. That's what Renee kept saying. Yeah, she was like, I don't like this. But Charlie was like, dude, like, I have stability here. Like, I'm from here. Like, I'm I'm starting off with the police force here. Like, we have it good. And by, by March 1988, Bella is already, like, six months old. By this time, they were already separated and divorced. So, like, this was... That's so it sad. Happened, it happened real quick, but that's because Renee just... She's she like, couldn't hold out. Yeah. So, um, she took her daughter with her, and they moved to Riverside, California to live with her mother that she already had a strained relationship with. I guess with Bella in the mix, her mom was a bit more lax because she, like, doted on Bella. And anyways, um, because she was living with her mom and her mom was, like, helping take care of Bella, um, this allowed Renee to enroll in school and get a teaching degree. Okay, so she's not, like, as irresponsible. Not as she makes her out. Yeah, she makes her out to be in the book. So you um, would think, like, she left... Bella alone when she was a toddler to go buy drugs. Right. But no, she seems like she was trying to, you know, take responsibility and, you know, do shit, but her Bella, of course, is like, my mom is 
fucking like doing all the crazy shit. She's crazy. Like, look at her. She has paint on her pants or something. I don't fucking know. She's paint on her pants. Well, someone needs to call Child Protective Services. Renee, Renee is paint on your pants. I feel like uh, maybe Bella's grandma might have rubbed off too much on her or something, or like because that's where she gets her opinion of her own mother from, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Renee, Ben, so, there's a mixed bag here. They say she became a kindergarten teacher, but also just like a regular elementary school teacher. So one of the two. Maybe both. like with the elementary schools in our area where they can kind of switch off. Yeah, maybe. And, um, you know, once she kind of got established as a teacher, by the age of... Well, by the time Bella was six, they uh, had moved away from Riverside to Phoenix. And shortly afterwards, her mother passed away, which is sad, but... You know, she got old. Renee's mother. Yeah, Renee's mother. Not Renee. Renee's still alive. Okay. And, um... She didn't really date anyone... Like, when Bella was a kid, and it wasn't really until high school did that she started dating. And this is when she met um, her second husband, Phil. Whom, uh, like, just prior to the events of Twilight, like, they had just married. Like, they are newlyweds at this point, apparently. So. Also, um, I did find out, um, Renee doesn't know what the fuck happened to her kid after Breaking Dawn. She just knows that Bella got really sick after her honeymoon and, like, never heard from her again, so what the fuck? Isn't that fucked up? That's really fucked up. Also, this story that you are painting is completely different than the story painted of Renee in the books. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's a little flighty and she made some mistakes when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. But Bella makes it sound like she is a constant tornado of a person. Yeah. You know, like she's always cleaning up her mom's messes or something. But her mom has to be responsible. I mean, she's a kindergarten teacher and a pretty stable job. Mm -hmm. And what it seems like, like on one hand, like, yes, when she was younger, it seemed like she went from job to job. But it seemed like as soon as Bella was in the picture, she was like, okay, I got to settle down. But at the same yeah, time, I have a like, kid now. She was 18. Like, what do you mm-hmm. want from an 18 year old? Also, it wasn't like she was like moving her from place to place. Like, it was a few years before they moved to Phoenix after they moved back in with her mom. Yeah, and so, they moved there for a job. Yeah. That's different. So, I don't know. Bella's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Bella's just like, my mom sucks. And it's like, your mom seems not terrible. So you need attention. It sounds like it. She's like, I hate my mom because she doesn't give me enough attention. But also, like, I'm taking but her care mom of everything is here, giving her a lot of attention. And like, her mom didn't start dating until Bella was older. Mm-hmm. Granted, she was still like young, but that's not bad. She didn't start dating until she was seventeen or sixteen. Yeah. Renee deserved a lot more respect. Yeah, that's still a, that's still a good mom. Mm-hmm. Like she waited until you were old enough to understand things. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just bringing random strangers around all yeah. the time. You know, it sounds like it was a pretty stable childhood. Not gonna lie, 
Yeah, it's super stable. Watch it. With I mean, not death. super stable. She's still Watch better it than like, what she explains. The one thing I don't like is it doesn't show how long we've been recording for. Oh, I'm back. Sorry. It's. I heard you. <laughs> sorry. I was like, what do you want? <laughs> okay. Uh, what, I was, what I was just trying to say to you, I'm going to mm -hmm. cut this out, is I hate that I can't see how long we've been recording for. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that makes it a little hard. Yeah, well, so we just have to watch the clock. Yeah, we can put on a timer on our phone or something. No. then no. it'll start beeping, yeah. Yeah, don't do that. You have to watch the clock. Okay. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, Renee definitely deserves more respect on her name. And you know what? It was probably, like... Renee, what, by the end of her school day and work day, was just, like, tired... And Bella was like, but I want a home-cooked meal. And then he started taking care of shit and just gave her mom the, oh, I'm just taking care of everyone type thing because my mother is flighty. Even though she's yeah. not. She's I mean, definitely projecting. Definitely worth parents in literature. Look mm -hmm. at White Oleander. Oh my god, White Oleander. But that's such a good <laughs> book. I'm not saying it's not a good book. I'm saying that they're shitty mm -hmm. parents. A shitty parent, but very good book. Also, yeah. like... Oh, we can't ever cover it because it's actually a good book. Yeah, we'll never be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes me feel a way, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, and now going into our reading, we are yes. starting off on... We're starting back on uh, Chapter 6. We left off on Chapter 5, the end of Chapter 5. In the previous chapter, Edward talked to Bella in the cafeteria. Everyone saw, by the way. And um, basically said, hey, I'm not going to stay away from you. And Bella's like, okay, cool, I guess. What does that mean? And, and I'm like, I like that he had to like announce it. They're like, okay, were you mm -hmm. actively trying to stay away from me? Like, I don't know what this is going. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. She's like, was I, what decision was made here? Like. Either we're, like, friends or not friends, you need to, like, specify, but it's still weird, because I don't think he did specify from what I'm remembering. No, they just went from, like, zero to 60. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so here is kind of a rundown of chapter six. And, uh, you know, correct me if I'm forgetting some things. Okay. So, um... Everyone, like, at school wanted to know why Edward was talking to her at... Do you hear my mom in the background? A little bit. God damn it. So everyone wanted to know, like, why Edward was talking to her. Everyone at school, anyway. Because, mm -hmm. like, he made a big show of doing it in the cafeteria while everyone was at lunch. And, you know, normally she sits with her townie friends and that's it. But he's like, no, come sit with me. And they're like, what the fuck? Because, you know, the Colons don't talk to anyone outside yeah, of their weird. inner circle. Super strange. Not normal. Also, we find out random girl Lauren, who was, like, briefly mentioned one time when Bella was playing matchmaker. <laughs> uh, we find out that she hates Bella, basically. Um, Bella and even... Like, um, I think it's because I'm so amazing that, like, this person just hates me. And Bella uh, overhears her basically telling Mike, like, why the fuck is she even sitting with us? She should just sit like colon trash. Yeah. And... Anyways, after they talked, 
And I guess it's Friday. They, uh, Edward and Bella spoke on a Thursday, and now it's Friday. Edward and his family didn't show up to school because he said they were going camping. It was a nice day, and it happened to be a nice day out. So she's like, what the fuck? Weird. Yeah. So, um, because they're expecting nice weather for the weekend, the townies are planning a beach trip to the local reservation slash beach area, uh, La Push, because nice weather is expected for the weekend. And they meet up there with some kids from the reservation who are just like, hey, you're townsfolk. I think we've met briefly. Let's all hang out right now. That's basically what happens, right? Yeah. I also... Can you just go onto reservations? Um, I think so. I don't know. I haven't. I didn't know if you could just like go there, or if you needed to be invited, or yeah, you don't need permission check in with someone. I think some tribes you need to ask permission, but as far as like tribes in the United States, usually you could just go. I mean, like a lot of. Especially in the United States, a lot of tribes do have, like, casinos and shopping there. And, in fact, they encourage tourism because it helps make money for them. Okay. So, I don't know. I I don't know what, like, La Push is like. Do they have, like, shops and things? Are they making money off, you know, these kids going to the beach? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. Just I just thought it was weird because I was like, I mean, you're just going to these people's... Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, there is probably an expansive beach that doesn't include land that's on a reservation up there, but yet they choose that. Yeah, that's why I thought it was weird. I was like, why are they going specifically to La Push? Mm -hmm. So, pardon our ignorance there. So, If anyone knows, I would love to know. I was like, why specifically? Like, I understand that for the story part of it, they have to go to La Push. Mm -hmm. Because that is what helps the story along. Yeah, but I'm just curious about how that works with going onto native land. Um, so one of the kids that is there that's from the reservation is Jacob Black, who whose father was the former owner of Bella's truck that Charlie purchased from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, um you're younger than me, but like I totally hung out with your sisters. That was a thing." Yeah, that's something I also want to point out. He's, like, two years younger than her. He's, like, 14 or something. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's really weird for, like, the the way the rest of the book goes. Yeah. Like, I remember being a kid, and I wouldn't have hung out with someone that was 14 when I was 16. Yeah. You know? Like, not to be snobby or anything, but, like, you don't really hang out with kids that are that much younger than you. Especially if they're not even in, like, the same school group as you. She yeah. doesn't even go Especially to the Especially if you don't go to the same school. You wouldn't even see these people. Like, mm-hmm. school is your only circle. You're not just hanging out with this child. Um, I think Lauren said something snarky about the Cullens while, you know, they're talking to the kids uh, on the reservation. Oh, yeah, she asked Bella why didn't the Cullens come with with her because they're like homies now and then one of the older kids from the reservation is like they don't come here and Mm -hmm. Bella's like what the fuck oh I'm gonna get info but I have to obviously the way to get info is flirting it out of the 14 year old that is here that I kind of know she has no other game Mm -hmm. 
And then he decides to tell her some scary stories about the Cullens to impress her. Mm-hmm. And he tells her about how their tribe uh, descended from wolves, and it's like the natural the uh, the natural enemy of the wolf are the cold ones, aka vampires. And like supposedly the Cullens are the same cold ones they made the treaty with, like the exact same cold ones. And, uh, yeah. Here's the specific quote about that. So, how does it fit in with the Cullens? Are they like the cold ones your grandfather met? And he said no. He paused dramatically. They are (laughs) the same ones. And, um, ooh, you have a a fun uh, tidbit about this specific treaty. Please share. Oh, I do have a weird thing. So, out of all treaties made with Native peoples in the United States, this is the only treaty that has not been broken. And it's not a real treaty. It's a fake treaty from a book. Which means that never in American history have we ever upheld our end of a treaty with Natives. That's so fucked. (laughs) Like, I can't believe that that's... That's like a fact somewhere and it's not even real. Yeah. No, it, it's all fucked up. But that it also, is a fact. That also means that in other books, they never held up. Like, fictional and non-fictional world, this is the only treaty that's ever been withheld. Or not withheld, up, upheld. That's weird because there's so many, like, white savior stories with natives. Exactly, being like that insane yeah um what else to say about this chapter um for this chapter i just i also just want to point out how into herself bella is for someone who describes herself as like plain and boring she genuinely thinks that everyone's lives revolve around her Hence why she was like, oh, I need to flirt this out of this boy. People are just being nice to her and including mm-hmm. her in a... That person must be in love with her, jealous of her. Mm-hmm. People Wait. inviting her to the beach? There must be ulterior motives. It's like, why can't these kids just be kids and want you to hang out with them? You're know. interesting. You, you're the newest person to well, this I mean, town. She is the main character. She shouldn't be, but she is understand but she's just mean to these other kids and it's like they don't deserve it Mm -hmm. um but anyways i guess this storytelling thing with jacob oh but i didn't even mention like they went on a fucking hike during this part of the book and like she literally fell multiple times to the point where she has like scratches on her hands from like catching herself like stop making clumsiness your personality trait Stop it. It's that annoying. Glasses. I you know what it is. Okay, That's probably I, it. When I was a kid, everyone was always like, Natalie's so clumsy. She's so clumsy. Look at her. It's hilarious. She's so, she's just so clumsy and bad at sports. And then guess what? It turned out I was blind. And I'm not as clumsy anymore. Still glasses. bad depth perception. I still have terrible depth perception. Same but That's though. different. At least I'm not constantly falling and running into things as much. Mm-hmm. I was blind. I wasn't that clumsy. Like, 
there's a reason people are clumsy. You're not just like randomly clumsy. Yeah. Um, so, I'm go- so going from that chapter into chapter seven. Um, so I guess Jacob's storytelling about the cold ones and the colons being the cold ones had a profound effect on her to the point where she's like, as soon as she gets back home from this trip, she needs to unwind and like stalk them through Google. Not well, I mean, it happens, but like she tries drowning it out via listening to music that she doesn't mm-hmm. like. Also, um, it's it's fucked up because she mentions the CD that she decides to listen to at this point was a gift from Phil, her stepdad. Yeah. And she's like, she says like she's not impressed with it. It's just kind of like mediocre. But then she listens to it three times through and then she decides she suddenly likes it. Mm-hmm. Also, um, asleep at this point and has like a weird dream um, filled with symbolism. With Jacob <laughs> turning into a wolf and trying to protect her from Edward. But Edward's like, I am not going to hurt you. And she's just like, you know what? You're not going to hurt me. You're really pretty. And I dig you. Uh-huh. And um, after following this dream, she wakes up and she's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna research this. I'm going to look up vampires. I'm going to Google this shit. And um, she basically decides that... Um, you know, he's a vampire. And is it a big deal? Um, it, it kind of is a big deal, like, to the point where she had to walk out into the forest to, like, you know, um, kind of organize her thoughts on the f- on it. But then she's like, you know what? No, it's okay. He's fine. I yeah, she's like, she gets over it real quick. She's like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I would yeah. let him murder me. So she's like, I want to see Edward. We're going to talk about it. And you know what? He's not even at school that following Monday. There's um, something else I want to point out. I know that we already just talked about her being clumsy. But mm-hmm. another one of her personality traits is that she has she gets lost very easily. Yes. So for someone that gets lost so easily, she knows her directions pretty well. Have you noticed that, like, she always knows, like, I'm going north, I'm going east, I'm going west. No one fucking knows that. Like, how? I barely know my left from right. She always knows that. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. For somebody who, like, For someone who gets lost so easily, that's, like, another one of your personality traits. You're clumsy and you have no sense of direction. Like, same girl. But you know who really doesn't have a sense of direction? Like, yeah. you, like, me, for sure, I don't have any sense of direction. <laughs> you could spin me around in a circle and I would get lost. Mm-hmm. But how does she know when she's facing north? If you know that, you have a sense of, you have a really good sense of direction. You're like, oh, um, I know my house is in uh, the northern direction. I'm going to just go here. But no, she gets fucking lost easily. It's stupid. That drives me crazy. Okay, go um, on. Sorry. Um. So, like, I mean... Other than her researching and having that dream, nothing really happens in this chapter because Edward is not even, he's not even at school the next day. And um, Mike makes some weird comments where he starts, where I think uh, Stephanie is trying to paint him in a bad light to the point where we're like not supposed to root for him as the normie. Um, Here, here is Mike. I like Mike too, and in fact, I'm going to bring him up later, and I'm going to tell you 
what you think about something with Mike as... This is like an alternate reality I thought of while I was reading. Okay. But, um... Well, I'll bring it up in the chapter that I thought it. Anyways, okay. um, here's the quote. I never noticed before. Your hair has red in it, he commented, catching between his fingers, a strand that was fluttering in the light breeze. Only in the sun. I became just a little uncomfortable as he tucked the lock behind my ear. Like, they're definitely trying to make Mike look bad when he's really just, like, trying to be nice. Yeah, and I understand, like, he like, likes that's creepy. <laughs> Like, I would I definitely be weirded out. Yeah, I would be super weirded out too. But also, like, I'm not trying to defend Mike in this sense. Mm. She has been sending him like mixed signals the entire time. Yeah, and then it was like right after this particular scene that she's like, "You know what? Um, you're going to the dance with Jessica, and you know what? I I got to tell you, I'm I'm not interested in you because she's interested in you. So maybe you should try working things out with her." That's yeah, and then he cuts like, out this weird. Sorry, mm-hmm. and I think I say, and then he stops being like creepy with her. Yeah. N- and I mean, it doesn't fix everything, but I don't think Mike is, like, the bad guy that they make him out to be. Like, they try the whole time to be like, oh, Mike. Well, he's but, so like, plain, but also so kind plain of plain and, and trying to come on to me. He thinks he's amazing, but it's like, Mike is being a nice guy? Mm-hmm. And Edward is creepier immediately. Oh, for sure. Um, Like, why are we faulting Mike for wanting to tuck your hair behind your ear but like Edward watches you sleep and you're cool with it? Yeah. Like why? I mean, we haven't gotten to that point yet but yeah that's that's coming up. Mm-hmm. In next next week's reading for sure. Yeah. Um. Then yeah Bella tells him to take a hint and Jessica and the girls invite Bella out for dress shopping which is kind of put on hold by a day because Mike um, is like, oh, I'm going to take Jessica out tonight. So, you know, that's kind of delayed. Yeah. Because Which, he can take a hint now. Yes. Because Bella held it out for him. Yes. And that's all it should take. Yeah, just be like, hey, I'm not interested. But she never did that. She was always like, uh, maybe. And then, like, would run away. Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing. Also, this boy is 17. You have to, like, tell him. And yourself. Like, stop. Stop doing this. Yeah. I think you're just reading it too... Well, no, you're not reading it too much. The fact that he touched you is creepy. But you were also kind of sending mixed signals at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. And But now that you've said, hey, you need to do this because my friend is into you and I'm not into you, he kind of backed off. Which, you know, we respect that. Yes. Um, So, yeah, chapter seven wasn't that big. It was just like, I'm thinking about things. Yeah, um, it was like, I'm at school. People are at school. I hate everyone that's at school. Where's Edward? Where's Edward? And you're like, okay. Thank and you for letting me listen to this nonsense. Yeah. Chapter eight, we're still like, where the fuck is Edward? He hasn't been at school for a few days. And Bella is really eager to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? The dress shopping trip to nearby Port Angeles with the girls is going to be the distraction she needs. And guess what? Lauren said she's not coming, so, like, even better. Yes! 
It's just going to be Jessica and, and Angela. And you know what? They seem chill. Sort of. I think she hates Jessica, but like for some reason she still hangs out with her. I think she hates Jessica too. She's always being mean to Jessica. Mm -hmm. And And I don't know if it's because in the movie it's Anna Kendricks or because Bella just annoys me, but I'm like, leave her alone. She's just trying to be friendly. She's a small town girl who's just like trying to have a good time and you're being such a bitch. Mm -hmm. Like let her live her life and be happy. Yeah, fucking cunt. Yeah. So they do the dress shopping. Jessica and Angela, they get their shoes, they get their dresses. Bella tries to give f- feedback, but like, what is she helpful? Probably not. She doesn't seem too enthusiastic, but like, whatever, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. This is for Jessica and Angela. And then like, after they're done shopping, Bella's like, hey, do you mind if like, I take off for an hour and then I'm going to meet you um, for dinner because I want to find a bookstore. Um, Is that cool? Which is entirely like fucked up. Like you came here with them. You should not separate from the group. You know, they're the ones who invited you. They're Aaron. Mm -hmm. Like you are going to Seattle the next week. You can Mm -hmm. wait. Exactly. And help them because they're having like a fun day before the dance that you don't want to go to. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to find a bookstore. And I have I have questions. Um, Why didn't she, um, you know, ask where there was a bookstore? Because obviously Angela and Jessica would probably know, especially Angela. She seems like the bookish type. She is described as being bookish. She doesn't ask any questions. But also... Like, she splits up from the group, which you never do, in a place you don't know. Yeah, and then she also tried to just let her go. Well, okay. So, they don't just let her go, though. Oh. Bella tells you, like, they do try to persuade. They tell her, like, oh, we will go with you to the bookstore. And she told them not to come with her. She had to make them not go with her. Okay, then, yeah, Bella's the bitch. Yeah, because they do they do try to go with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, go have fun. Uh, Jessica and Angela are going to go put the dresses in the car. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go just do some random shopping. And Bella's like, oh, you guys go do that. I'm going to go to the bookstore. And they're like, oh, we'll go with you. And she's like, nah, I'm good. Even though this is a town she's never been to, she came here with her friends for their errand. And... Like, she's just a bad friend. I mean, they shouldn't have let her go on her own, but it's not entirely Mm -hmm. that they abandon her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, she tries to go and find a bookstore. The one bookstore that she does find is, like, a spiritual bookstore, and she's like, no thanks. This seems stupid. When you know she was gonna go and try and find a vampire book, like... Oh, hell yeah. You just read about the Collins maybe being vampires. Of course she was going to go. Which would have been like the spot to like find out about like mythology and folklore. But she was just like, I don't want to talk to that lady. She seems yeah. like too hippie-ish and shit. And that's like a conversation best avoided. She's too judgmental. Anyways, uh, she just keeps walking. And she fucking gets lost because of course she does. And that then some like random guys 
that were just, you know, walking down the street decide to follow her and basically uh, herd her, which is terrifying. And she's like thinking, all right, I'm going to get out my self-defense moves. I'm going to handle this. And this bitch is clumsy, so you know she's not going to be able to handle this. <laughs> yeah. And it uh, basically, it sounds like Stephanie Meyer is trying to set this up to look like she's about to get gang raped. Yeah. Which it's is terrifying. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and you know what? It's probably one of the most realistic uh, passages in the book, which is so fucking sad. Isn't that so bad that you're like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it happens. And you're that's just like, and we're both like, that's what happens when you go on your own, Bella, you dumb bitch. That, that's why there's a friend code. You always stick with your friend uh-huh. or you fucking look aggressive as fuck. So, but nobody talks to you mm-hmm. or you carry weapons with you. Because she even says, this like, I said hi to the strangers on the street because they were close enough. And you're just like, why uh, would you do that? Rule number why one. Why you cross the street? <laughs> why don't you have your phone? <laughs> why why did you immediately call 911 when they started to follow you? This book, I think, came out in 2005. They should have had cell phones at this point. Especially um, Bella. I think her mom would have given her one. Yeah. I know she had, like, a dumbass, like, dial-up computer at home. Like, of course her mom would have been like, yeah, I want a phone so I can contact you all the fucking time. Yeah, especially because her mom emails her literally every day. Yes. Also, it it kind of made to seem like she's a latchkey kid, and being a latchkey kid from the same generation, you had a cell phone. You know you did. Yeah. So, I don't know. It wasn't that odd in 2005 to have one. Mm-hmm. Of course, we were doing T9 texting at the time, but we still had them. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, who saves her from getting gang raped? A very stalkery <laughs> Edward. Yes. And a shiny ass Volvo. Um, he doesn't hit any of them or beat them up or anything. He just scares them away with his erratic driving. And um, then they have dinner. Mm -hmm. Or rather, she has dinner and Edward watches her eat. Yes. Yes, that's true. Well, Um, everyone likes, I fucked Edward. That's the whole whole chapter. mm -hmm. Um, Of course, Jessica and Angela, when they meet up with them at the restaurant and Edward's there, they're like, the fuck? It makes it seem like Bella had planned that. Yeah, like she was just using them as a ride. Mm-hmm. Or as an excuse for Charlie. Yeah. Because Jessica did pick her up at her house. Yeah. I would definitely think, like, oh, this bitch, what the fuck? Yeah, I'd be like, you could have just said that. I would, mm-hmm. they do talk about how, like, they were worried about her. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you could have said something. Mm-hmm. I'm wasting my time looking for you. Like, we were worried. Like it's okay, guys. I was almost murdered, but I'm fine now. Mm-hmm. Edward, my terrifying stalker, found me because again, he is a stalker. Also, um, I want to say on the way over to the restaurant while they're in the car talking to each other, he admits that he can read minds, which mm-hmm. which he's just like, oh, okay. Um, I so 
that ride home after the restaurant mm-hmm. is so strange for me because he just admits to everything. Yes. Also, He's I like, don't remember it going that way. But I might be just remembering the movie version of this. Yeah, in the movie, I remember them being in the woods, but I guess it's just that was in the car. The yeah, because I thought it was kind of like he was still kind of playing coy, and then like over the weekend he revealed everything. But I don't know. I think Roy just like in twenty minutes he tells her his whole story. He's like, "Yeah, we're vampires. I can oh. read minds. We eat." Animals. Side note: We're we're going into chapter nine now because oh, chapter eight and nine do blend together, basically. Um, and this conversation because. He- just blatant about um, being a vampire, pretty much. And it being like, hey, yeah, you're right, Bella. You're right about everything. <laughs> Good for you. Which is um, crazy to like put your whole family in jeopardy over this. Like, he can't read her mind. He doesn't know what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. What is she thinking? Like, I'm gonna call the police. <laughs> I mean, I guess vampire hunters don't um, don't exist in this in this world. Which, I mean, sad, because that would be cool if they did. Still, though, like, she could still call the cops. Or call the vampires from La Push. Yeah. Hey, this dude is following me. Can you help? Mm Mm-hmm. Because the way they talk about the Cullens, you know they're, like, itching to kill them. For For literally any reason. You're just waiting for them to break the treaty. Yeah. Um... So, because he was just kind of like, yeah, aren't you afraid of me? I eat people, or I would eat people, but I'm a vegetarian or whatever. I I don't even know if he even tells her in this conversation. He's just like, yeah. He does tell her. They do talk about him. Because she's like, oh, I can tell with your eyes that you've eaten recently. Because they're like golden instead of black. So, this led me down a weird tunnel of thought. So you know um the the grindhouse movie that um Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did? Yes. You know the trailers in there? The mm-hmm. trailers. Remember the one for Black Thanksgiving? Yes. So I had a weird thought of, about it and I said, What if the Cullens cooked Bella for dinner and then he fucked her like they fucked the human turkey in Grindhouse? <laughs> like could you imagine? <laughs> I don't even know how that thought came to me, but it did. I think something's wrong with me. Oh, yes. Very much so, but we've <laughs> known that for a long time. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, go to chapter 10 now. So, uh, Bella and Edward seem to be making I guess relationship public, or at least to the fact that they're on speaking terms public uh, to the point where he like picked her up and he took her to school the very next day and they are playing questions where uh, Bella gets to be the one asking the questions and uh, Edward is still trying to convince her that she's better off leaving him alone but he's also not actively trying to distance himself anymore I see I like I told you I don't understand Edward's logic. Mm-hmm. He's an undying vampire. Just disappear for a year. Two yeah. years. Two years tops. Bella hates Forks Washington. 
She doesn't like Charlie. She's not making friends. Which is like, sad because Charlie's great. Charlie is great, but she talks about him like he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. She's going to be out of there the minute she can be. Yes. Just leave. If it's that big of a deal because you want to eat her, just leave for a couple years and come back. Mm-hmm. He's uh, done it before. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but no. I guess he wants to eat her that badly. <laughs> He's like, if I can do it, um, nobody can. So, you know, when the bell rings, um, Jessica is definitely like, I need to know fucking everything about what ha- happened in Port Angeles and shit. And, like, Bella's cringing about having to, you know, dish out everything that's happened. Having to talk to her friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course questions you did it was weird circumstances should have been you ditched her for edward cullen like she doesn't know that you were almost gang raped in an alley and i do know that you natalie have something to say about this conversation about um, her conversation with jessica yes because the wow thing oh my god okay that fucking drives me crazy so I, um, I'm not like a stickler for grammar, but as someone that did speech therapy for a long time, the pronunciation of words does stick with me. And there's this part where she's talking about how she's telling Jessica everything about how she had dinner with, with, uh, Edward and Jessica goes, wow. Bella is like she elongated it to make it into three syllables and I'm like how how did she elongate it to make it into three syllables you can't make the word wow like no matter if you're like wow like you can't do it that's not how syllables syllables. work unless she was just like wow which is weird weird. (laughs) and I don't know why but it threw me off for the rest of the like chapter that I couldn't get through it. I was I like, know I highlighted it. I was so, like, like why? When you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, that me too. <sighs> but yeah, that was stupid. Yes. I was like, who wrote this? Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, also Edward is already trying to gaslight Bella and think he cares more for her than she does him. Which- uh-huh. I don't like. Which doesn't even make sense. They don't know each other. Also, like, he has admitted that he wants to eat her. Yes, he's like, I want to murder you. But I love you. This is love. But he this doesn't is love. They don't even say if they're in a relationship or not yet. No. But, like, it seems like it's going really fast. Um, well, they are teenagers. Um, She tries to tell him like hey I don't even know what you like me um because she sees herself as very plain and then Edward like well all the boys want to fuck you I mean I hear their thoughts but it makes me think I know. Like, so does that mean you think that she is them but also she is really plain she has a point there yes I like how she's like I don't know what you feel about me he's like how how could you not know mm-hmm. I'm completely in love with you and she's like um, okay. I, I mean, also love you and I would let you murder me. And then also makes her change her, like, excuse for missing out on the dance, which is going to Seattle. He says, 
Okay. Um, I was going to give you a ride to Seattle, but like, can we just change the plans and not go to Seattle? Yeah, cool. Which, I mean, fuck you, Edward. You already, in you already invited yourself. I don't know why she even had to let him come along. Like, I know she's like, if I, I oh, I made these plans, so now I have to stick to them. And it's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? And even if you do end up going to Seattle, you don't have to take him with you. You don't know him. Right. Go by yourself. Have a girl's a day in Seattle. Just do whatever you want. Hit up a museum. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to take someone with you. You don't owe him anything. It does not. So fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I hate this book. But I love it <laughs> at the same time. I know. It's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have, like, a love-hate relationship with it. Where you're just like, oh, I remember reading this, and then you're just like, I hate- now I hate this. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. So chapter 11 is kind of basically the same deal as what happened in chapter 10. Edward mm -hmm. picks up Bella for school, but instead of Bella being the one asking questions today, Edward is asking questions. Mm-hmm. And it's all like really stupid, trivial stuff. Like, what's your what's your favorite gemstone? What's your favorite color? Why and does then, any of that? <laughs> and then it's like this is the most boring conversation. You're like you're an undead vampire. Why do you care? Also, he asks, "Hey, what's in your CD player right now?" And she remembers it was that CD her stepdad gave her, which she trashed. But, um, basically, she's like, oh my god, you like them too? How great. We have oh, so much funny. in common. <laughs> so, I don't even... I think know. the CD is supposed to be Muse. I think so, too, but the I way Stephanie Meyer described them, it makes me think she doesn't actually like them, which is sad. But also, it got Linkin Park vibes from, from the description. I don't have oh, the, the description highlighted, but it's also kind of it. It fell in line with it. That would be so funny to think that to think that um, Edward Cullen loves Lincoln Park, <laughs> right? <laughs> in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh my god! He came so far to lose it all, but in the mm -hmm. end, it doesn't even matter because he's probably still. Gonna eat her. Yeah, which is fine. Thank God. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, because I guess Mike has classes with Bella early on in the day when they're yes. walking. English, I think. Yeah, English. He's like when he's alone with her. He basically tells her, "Hey, I'm concerned about your relationship with Edward. He um, rightly so is kind of weird and gives me red flags. And you know what? It's kind of justified given the." way the Cullens seem to act towards the townspeople. Yeah, they don't talk to anyone. They're mm -hmm. weird. They're siblings that are, they're adopted siblings that all are, like, together. For which all is they know, creepy. This is a cult, you know? Yeah. Like, he's trying to be a good friend and being like, yo, this is suspicious. Um, I, th this was, this was the quote I highlighted from this chapter. You and Colin, huh? He asked, his tone rebellious. My previous feeling of affection disappeared. That's none of your business, Mike, I warned, internally cursing Jessica straight to the fiery pits of Hades. 
I don't like it, he muttered anyway. You don't have to, I snapped. He looks at you like you're something to eat. Very perceptive, that, um, that Mike Newton. And, yeah. um, this gave me an idea where, um, I thought it would have been brilliant, but obviously Stephanie Meyer didn't go into this direction. Imagine if there were, um, you know, vampire hunters and shit in this. Like, what if, what if, if Mike was a descendant of Van Helsing and then like Bella joined in on that and then she became a vampire slayer? How cool would that have been? That would have been pretty cool. Right? Like, but I mean, no one should be vying for Bella's attention that badly. But, you know, no. it would have been cool. It would have been cool. And... Definitely went a different way, though. It definitely did. And it makes me mad, because imagine the possibilities here. I know. Um, let's see... Edward uh, basically talks to Bella about why he could never, or she could never see him, them, or him, Hunt specifically. Uh -huh. And this got me down another hole of thought. How many accidents do you think they've had where they've maybe encountered a hunter in the woods when they're hunting animals and they've accidentally killed them? Well, they go to a part of the woods where you don't really go, where the bears are at. Yes. But so, also, I I'm just assuming it happened at least once or twice. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess they have to kill that guy. Yeah. Random hunters going missing because they went too far into the woods. Yeah, See I it. mean, it wouldn't be that weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's kind of weird because he's definitely toying with her about the uh, watching him hunt thing. But then he just spells it out after, you know, joking about it, which is kind of fucked up. She's like, well, I don't know. I'm I'm asking you, basically. He's like, ha, 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 ha. we kill bears. Well, can, can I see that? Because that'd be kind of cool to see, I guess. And he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> he's like, what are you, stupid? She's like, well, you made it so really You want to cool. see me kill a bear? <laughs> yeah, just... What are you, You're dumb? Moron. What are you, stupid? I love you. Get out of here, dummy. <laughs> oh my god, he is the boyfriend from 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, he drives her home and they sit talking in her driveway for hours. And um, there's a weird like call back to the title of the book. He's like, it's Twilight. I need to leave. Because then you find out, oh, Jacob and Billy Black have decided to visit on this random... It's totally normal because they are friends with Charlie. Yes. But also not normal because Jacob is like 14 and driving his dad. Yes. But that's, that's basically where the chapter ends. Yeah. And just saying, hey, Bella, and then just giving Bella the stare down because he saw that Edward Cullen was with her. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that that's where that's where we stopped reading. Yep. I mean, it feels like so much has happened, but nothing has happened since the last time we read. Nothing happens for most of the book. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's true. You're right. 
I just feel <laughs> like it was a lot more faster pace when I was a kid. I guess not. It wasn't. I just had no patience and kept reading. I think as a kid, we just devoured these books. So it seemed like, boom, boom, like, plop, wait, yeah. plop, wait, plop, wait. But now it's like painful to read. And you're like, dear God, just get to something. Especially give, in three, give like, me something. A chapter a day. And it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, I think in the next few chapters, we're actually going to meet the Colons instead of them just kind of being background characters in the peripherals, you know? Wonder with the Colons, like, I wish the book had been more of a perspective of other people as well. Because I, I do of, wonder, like, how would they how would they feel Ed, with Edward bringing this person into their home? That's why I'm, like, hyped for Midnight Sun. I want to know the perspective. Like, because, yeah. Why would he? Upsetting. Why would he think that it's okay to put his family in this type of danger mm-hmm. for some random townie he just met, mm-hmm. who was a child? Yeah, I feel like there's so much wrong with it. Like, we're barely scratching the surface here. Yeah. Um. Do you, what do you look forward into reading or into this? I guess. Um, I don't know. I think I'm looking forward to more of the red flags. Oh, yes. I was about to say, oh, looking forward more to, like, things that will make you hate Edward Cullen. Yes. Yes. Red flags. Because we know they exist in the book. It's just, like, coming across them once again. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, this was weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyways, so next week, what chapter did we read? We did 6 through 11. So we'll be reading the next six chapters. What is it? 12, 12 through 18. 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading along, um, that is what we will be reading. And I do have some commentary from our dear friend, Natalie. <laughs> Other Natalie. Um, I imagine the be- that Bella Swan smells like the grilled onions you smell when you pass an In-N-Out burger. And I'm just like, okay, I could vibe with that, because that's what makes In-N-Out so enticing, is the smell of the onions. Uh-huh. But other than that, I don't really care for it, because they are kind of bland. Yeah. Just like Bella. Mm-hmm. Just like Bella. Um, so yeah, uh, we post on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We have a new Discord channel, which you can use as a chat room to discuss everything. BB Michelada, including keeping up with our book club. And I... We'd love to hear from you. mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I've organized it. Um, nobody else is here. It's just us now. But yeah, utilize the space, guys. It is here for you. Um, we are going to become your community, me. I don't fucking know. Just check out Discord. <laughs> I'm gonna post the link in our description. And, and um yeah. Love you. We are gonna be back with a regular oh by the time you listen to this, we'll have a regular BB Michelada 
podcast post out and hopefully you liked it it's on black widows we still haven't recorded it so hopefully it went well (laughs) and yeah yeah i think that's that's thanks thanks for listening have a great day everyone Thank you.